This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 316, recorded on June 29th, 2017. Here in Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets at News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios, which, if you came for the pre show, it might have been the average guy.historical uh, studios as we no spent it out. Uh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you being patient with me. Hey, I like it. I like learning that sort of stuff, and, and you like talking about it, so it works out. A uh, ton of fun. Well, anyways, so we'll get back to the technology. We, we of course, post the show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our mobile app. By the way, Spreaker has updated both uh, the Android and iPhone mobile apps. Those are the ones that you can get, you know, if you go to HomeGadgetGeeks.com, download that app. It's different than your than your uh, podcatcher or your podcast listener. This is the one that's sponsored by LastPass that we've built on Spreaker. If you want a dedicated app and the best way, really, to listen to the live show, in an app, that's really the right way to do it. We notify, if you follow me on Spreaker, I'll even notify you, or Spreaker will, when we go live. So if you want to download the app, you don't have to use it until it's necessary. Like you're on the road, you're on a plane, you're listening to it that way. It works really great that way. So um, it's been updated, and you still can't download to it on the iPhone. That's kind of driving me nuts. But if you want to listen live, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. I encourage you to download that app. Hundreds of you have. But uh, if you want to get, again, it's the best way to listen to us live on the road if you're out there. HomeGadgetGeeks.com will get you there as well. Don't forget, we're also commercial-free on YouTube and on Spreaker now. Shut all that stuff off. We're really relying on our Amazon affiliate link as well as our Patreon. And so if you want to uh, if you want to support us on Patreon as little as a dollar, I always appreciate that. Thanks for doing that. We've um, Here a little bit in the show, I'm going to thank individually all the Patreon um, subscribers that are out there. So hang tight for that. Um, but if you want to do it that way, or if you're purchasing on Amazon, that Amazon affiliate link is working again. And uh, man, Mike, I tell you what, that little break, it just destroyed the income that was coming in from that thing. Like the momentum from people yeah. using it. Yeah. I, I didn't think it would be, I thought people would come back to it right away and it'd be, Oh, it's back. Nah, it just didn't. Some of it was, you know, people had created, bookmarks and so oh, yeah. that's what got us in trouble that's what i had to break. do you know yeah, and so that yeah, yeah. one more click i think sometimes it's a little bit right on tough to forget tough to remember yeah, right on i forget so no no shame no guilt but if you don't if you can remember head over to the average guy.tv first click on the amazon link boom you're in so we appreciate it a great community and you guys are always awesome thanks for all that you do out there and thanks for supporting the show as well. Thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that app. Mike, good to have you back. Just you and me tonight. We've got a few topics that we're going to cover. How are things in your world, man? We're coming up on a holiday, but but how's KPMG and, and how's the work? It's going good. Well, uh, wrapping up a project here and getting ready to go out onto another one. So kind of in between stuff, which is good. Sometimes you when you're in the middle of a project, just go, 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 go. You have stuff that gets put on the back burner. So it's always nice to have that few days where in between projects, okay, let's catch back up on all the things that you get behind on. Looking forward though, I'm taking off Wednesday and the office is closed Monday, Tuesday. So very nice five-day weekend coming up and I could not be more excited about it. How about you? Things staying busy? Yeah. Oh no, it's just crazy work. This is our intern season. I got some great technology interns this year and they're actually building a learning management system for us this year. Actually, we built it last year. They're adding on to it this year. I stopped by the high school room today and I said, hey, guys, a week and a half. Like, it goes so fast, Mike. They start first of June. We're already through June here. And uh, so they'll have a presentation for me tomorrow. They'll have one more next Friday. And then they have to deliver their product. And um, so we got a lot of work to do. I saw some fear of God in their face uh, <laughs> when I said that. Like, guys, two and a half weeks or well, two high weeks. schoolers, right? Like, this is probably the biggest deadline they've had in their education or you know career yet. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah a it's big real, deal. It's real stuff. Like, right. this is many of them. You know, we have twenty. Nine of them will graduate and move on uh, college and stuff. Some of them will stay with us. Some won't. Uh, nine will nine juniors will come back and two sophomores they'll come back so 11 of them will come back and join us they're going to be using the system when they're when they come back on saturdays right so it's really cool to kind of watch them i'm like hey guys you got to use this i mean i'm going to use it too but you you're you're going to be using this on a week in week out so you, you, we better get it done 
right and um and so a great um and learning management system not easy they're building things like a survey engine in there so that we can do pull surveys during the during the course like hey what do you think about this or you know uh what do you think about that you know some just some some ways for us to pull them um, we, we, we are building in an evaluation system for this year where, where their instructors can evaluate them on a weekly basis and kind of helps us pick and choose at the end of the semester. Those last year we had built profiles and attendance and, you know, some of the basic things. And then this year we have been kind of bolting on new kind of add-ons to it. And, um, and it's funny, it's the same thing. If you're in software development, every time somebody else comes in and looks at somebody else's code, it's always crap. Like, why do they, you know, that's the crappiest thing I've ever seen. And then next year, those people are, are being their code. Oh, it's crap. You know? Right. Uh, it's it's a ton of fun. So that's happening for us. That's happening right now. Those students will be done um, second week of July. I'll keep, I'm going to keep a few around for a while. And then the whole thing ends up August 4th. And I'll be heading out to California mid-August for a little vacation, a little podcast movement, which will be great. And uh, taking all kinds of uh, tech with me out there for for that. So that'll be exciting. And then it starts all over again. September, <laughs> boom, we're back on the road. You're going to, Mike, you're going to be with us uh, more than we thought. And uh, so we're pretty excited about that. Brian Freelander's back next week. So Assistive Tech, and he'll have that new Echo show. So if you're interested nice. in uh, from, oh, I said Echo, I should be careful. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that just released, in fact, Dave McCabe did a really nice video, kind of an unboxing video on that. So if you want to see what an Amazon Echo looks like that has a screen on it, those are out. They just, they just arrived for people, uh, starting today. So, uh, check out Dave's channel if you want to get access to that pretty good. I tweeted that. And so it's on my Twitter channel as well. And then, uh, Amber Gott is back speaking the last pass. She is back to talk about uh, what's going on at LastPass? Some exciting things. I got I, I got to see some new stuff coming up in their newest version on the, the web version. So it's pretty cool. And then Mike and Mark are back for grilling. You know, two. Let's call it grilling two hundred one this time. I'm so excited for that show. You you getting Such any tech grilling, in, Mike? Are you getting any grilling in this summer? Oh yeah, lots of grilling. Things being used a ton, and then having people over tomorrow for Fourth of July and. No, not tomorrow, Saturday. I'm going to fire that thing up all day. It's going to be awesome. When Mike Howard was on the show, when Mike and Mark were on the show last, they recommended for me that mat, that uh, silicon yeah. frog. Oh, dude, that is gold. Game changer, right? Oh, my. You got one? Yes. Oh, it's my a game God. changer. My yeah. dad got one for me, and I was like, meh, and I used it. Best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so Mark is saying, Uyghur, you should be on the show too. Uyghur's going to show up for this time. He'll be there. Yes. I'll yeah, be here for that yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have Mike on for it. But so the frog, I think it's called frog matter, whatever, it, whatever it is, game changer. I put, I was cooking, uh, the power was out and I was cooking some chicken and, and I threw all the vegetables just in the center. So we That's put the, the chicken around the outside and threw the veggies in the center. Dude, game. And you still get the grill marks, which is what I love. Yeah. Right. So without the flare up as well for the meats. Right. Yeah. No, it was great. It was just, it was incredible. And then Mike talked me into one of those smoking cylinders, you know, it's kind of the metal cylinders. I forget what it's called. That worked like a charm. I used it for the first time I had to order, I ordered chips for it or for uh, pellets for it. Put that thing on, man, it caught fire. And then I put it off to the side and it just smoked like a champ. And uh, I think I made the mistake of not putting enough uh, pellets in it. So I think next time more, we did some flat steaks, cut those up for fajitas. Oh my God, dude, it was sweet. <laughs> what do you, you, do you use any, are you using any barbecue tech, anything that we've, we've recommended here or are you just straight grilling? Uh, well doing, using the smoker, which does a lot, has a lot of the tech built in, but, uh, actually I'm going to have a new thermometer system, uh, before that show. So it's not here yet, but it will be. And so I'll, I'll get it all reviewed and ready. Cause I've gone through a few of them. Uh, the quality on some of those things you get from Amazon are not the best, so I'll, I'll have I'll have the do's and don'ts ready for that show on as far as wireless temperature thermometers. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, Mark Mark's helping me. Robson's helping me out. He said it's amazing smoking tube. That's the tube. It's legit, dude. It was sweet. <laughs> First time I got a chance to use it, that was cool. And then the frog mats. Yep, Weber Chicken Roaster. That's another thing that we've talked about on here. Mark, last time I had Mark on, he talked me into this chicken roaster which is a ceramic it's got a ceramic bottom to it and then it's got that traditional uh bit for the chicken where you put it over the top but you yep. can put sauces and stuff in there Ooh. we did that for a chicken i made one mistake right. i didn't grill it long enough i mean it was done but i next time I, i'm going to really let that roast at a lower temperature for a longer time and introduce smoke 
So it's um, it was one of those things. So we've had some. If you're new to Home Gadget Geeks, uh, we we have a and you know we have a grill part of our show that is just awesome. I'm not gonna lie, I get super excited. And I don't have my my grill is I have a Sunbeam. It's I bought it when I moved into my first house in 1997. That's a so, champ of a grill, though. Twenty years, yeah. and I, I put a bolt through it to kind of hold it together because you know it starts widening out. Right, and so put a bolt through it, and you know, and um, and I've replaced the grill tops a couple times, and I, man, I probably had fifteen different burners in there. But man, there is some great grill technology right now. I've been looking at those eggs, you know, or what you know, where the ceramic eggs, the ceramic yeah. eggs, those things are pretty awesome. So. Um, Mark just said he just picked up a, a, a rosary rig. Wait, is that no? Ro, how do you pronounce that? Rotisserie. Rotisserie. Thank you. <laughs> I think it, I had a really good glass of wine before we started, and now I'm drinking. It was a, it was a really strong one. <laughs> I apparently don't know English. Well, I'm out of a pink flowery glass. I was wondering. It's, you know, I know it's like it ten sixty six glass, but yeah. <laughs> if you were in the pre-show, you know what I mean. So, right. um, yeah. So, anyways, for his Weber, I and the other thing I need to think about is um, charcoal. I need. I, I think I'm going to go when we move. I think I'm going to go back. Not back. I think I'm going to get an additional. Do you have charcoal at all? Do you have a do you have a Weber? No, I have a. I have the gas grill for stuff. It's a small gas grill, and then I have the Green Mountain, which is a smoker. Which the the pellet smokers. I just. I don't. I can't see myself ever buying any different grill. It does everything you need. Uses the pellets, does the smoke, but can go up to 450, 500 for steaks. You can smoke stuff at 200. It keeps the temperature set all the time. I mean, it's just the easiest, easiest way. Yeah. It's it's nothing. It's not going to be what the pros use, right? Because they like the really fine control. They like the art, the craft of charcoal or of you know the the actual like wood. I don't know what you call them, chunks or circles instead of the pellets. But for someone who just wants to go out and grill and have good tasting food with a smoker, it's it's the way to go. Yeah, I've been watching that guy on PBS that that does all the, and I forget what his name is. Mark will tell me in here. But he's the kind of the barbecue guy, the barbecue master. And his um, his grill, I love it. His grill, you know, the old Weber, they just have a, all you have is one one big grill top. You can't do anything with it. But his are the big ones where you can flip up the front or the back to be able to get down into the coals. Okay. Right? And it's really, really cool if you're going to do, you know, so you can. He's also kind of taught me to get your coals to one side. So you have a screaming hot, you have a medium, and then you have a safe zone. Right. When you're using. I always just all over. <laughs> and you just, It was just hot. <laughs> That's all you had. So. There's some really cool technology when it comes to the grilling. And so Mark and Michael join us here in a little bit. And we're, we're, we're super excited about having them back. And then a little bit of homework for our regular listeners. So if you're a regular listener to this, I want you to check this out for me because we're going to talk to these guys in four weeks. It's called go to go to Moro, M-O-R-R-O data. So M-O-R-R-O data, D-A-T-A dot com. They, they make a device, they make a storage device um, in that, that it's pretty interesting. I just want you to kind of check it out. We're going to talk to those guys in four weeks. Tony from Moro Data is going to come out. I've got one of their devices sitting on my desk right now that they have loaned me for the next couple of weeks. And uh, if you want to, it's got some interesting storage. If you're kind of a storage guy at the small business or medium-sized business level, it's an, it's got an interesting uh, story to it. And it it stores it locally and both on an S3, and it's fairly inexpensive. So check it out, M-O-R-R-O, moradata.com. We'll be reviewing that here in about four weeks. Okay, uh, Mike, uh, last week, sitting over my right shoulder, last week uh, we had Aaron on. She talked about this Targus bag. Um, I I have really, man, the guys, at, especially Targus Canada, has gone crazy with me, which is awesome. They contacted me on Twitter. We've had some emails back and forth. Very, very cool. Uh, lifetime warranty on the bag. Um, Brian had mentioned in chat last week that he has a Targus bag that he really likes, carries everything. Um, very, very, so I just ordered it at the end of the show. It came on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, came via uh, United States Postal Service, which was pretty cool to be able to get that. Mike, one of my complaints was, was one, my old bag had a zipper to a zipper to a zipper. It was too many clicks to get okay. in, in, a, in a few spots. Right. It was like, yeah. okay, unhook this, unzip this, then unzip that. Okay, it's I know it's only three zips, but I, I didn't want anything three zips away. The almost everything here is one zip, and then there's maybe one spot where it's a zip and then two to get to it. So that was really cool. It's um it, 
the the bag also had a little uh, my old bag kind of had a clip on the front and it would lift up to get to another compartment so that was mm-hmm. the click and unzip that would get on the airlines you know you jam that under your seat in front of you it was constantly getting caught on stuff in fact i'd ripped off both of those you know the little labels that they put it was swiss right so right just ri- they were gone just ripped <laughs> off they were just they were just done these is everything's kind of flush and cool so a couple of which yeah i've noticed that's the new style like as i'm looking at the bag the very flat flush no nothing extra on the outside which i like it's sleek looking and for the airplane if you fly a lot it's the way to go because it slides right in and out from under the seat no super easy in fact it's got that kind of material up front super smooth and i think they're looking for a more professional look so it's kind of a reduced design not as flashy you remember those backpacks from five or six or seven years ago reds and oranges and you know lots of colors you had a student's backpack there really wasn't the professional backpack or it wasn't as popular right and now now i think they're starting to go towards that as more professionals go backpack style i think it kind of looks like a briefcase now you said to me pull pull up your yeah what you carry right and it's you know if you look at the style right black briefcase yeah i mean yeah it's a, it's just a, it's, but it's a you know it's just a, it's stiff right now because i got my laptop in there but it's just yeah. a regular messenger style bag i just like i've never been a backpack fan i like the messenger style just because of how thin of a profile that is when i go but as far as when i travel not enough storage room sometimes that's my only complaint. So I really had to consolidate, put more stuff in my overhead bag than I would want to, you know, try and try and travel with that and put your Bose headphones in there with a laptop and everything. So, so there's pros and cons to each, but yeah. I like the look of that. That's one of the few I've seen that, well, you know, looks, I think professional. Yeah. So it go back to last week's show notes. If you want to link to where I go. So we're three fifteen last week. So go to the average guy.tv slash. HGG315, and you'll see a picture of the backpack with a link to where I bought it on Amazon, and that supports the network. So if you if you want to go and buy it that way, it's great. So um, it it so it also, and I guess I should probably um, just just to be fair. Um, well, I'll come back to that here in a second. One of the things, so um, it's a V, it's their VIP series, is what it is. I was going to say V, big V, little I, big P. VIP series. So a couple of really cool things about it. One is in my old backpack, also everything was flat. So if you had a bulky thing, it kind of went to the bottom of the backpack and it just kind of got lost in a series of dividers that were just yes. assuming everything was flat. This bottom pouch here at the very bottom is this is actually this pocket is as deep as the backpack, which is really, really cool. So I can put things like, you know, I've got this. I mean, every, every, you, you can't travel. Oh, we, have the, we have the same exact travel uh, power strip. That thing yeah. is the best. This is so super, super helpful, right? Oh, if it's you, best. It pivots is my favorite part. So even if you have a weird angle, you got to get into that pivots. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're at, now, I don't find trouble getting power anymore at airports. They've gotten better about it. But in the old days, if you couldn't find a power cord, you go to somebody who did and you're like, hey, can I put this in between? Right. And it, it'll I say yes. Here, we can split it. There's no reason they should say no. Right. No, it's awesome. So that's that's like a required, you know, you got to have that in there. And then, of course, power cords for my laptop. I've got the, you know, I've got the, the this, you know, my, for my, my um phone, you know. There you the, go. Uh, a little tripod for your phone almost. Yeah. Tri- and actually, it's so big. The tripod actually fits in there as well, right? I mean, so it just, it's super cool, this pocket. It was like a clown car. You just kept pulling more and more stuff out of that bottom container of the backpack. Yeah. So that alone was really, really cool for me. I was like, oh, sweet. I can put, you know, it just keeps, it's super deep. And you can just put those things that are kind of odd. And then when I go through, when I'm going through the line at the airport, um, you got to take everything out of your pockets. Right. You know, so wallet can't have anything. It can't be money. Can't have keys. Can't have anything. So they got this really cool front pocket up front, which uh, w- which is super handy, super convenient. It's kind of hidden away a little bit. You can literally unzip and just toss everything in there. So wallet goes in, phone goes in, keys go in, papers go in, your tickets go in. Zip it up, you're good to go. Right. So that's pretty cool. The other stuff, not you know, it's got a, a traditional bag up here for like you know headphones. Right, your earbuds are up there. Okay, this is a good little pocket for that. Shallow, I'm guessing. Looks very like shallow. shallow. Good, so you can get. You don't. It doesn't get lost down in there. That's the worst part when you have. No, it know, very. Yeah, no, you're exactly right because it's it's a nice little shallow. You put a couple things in there. You know, my iPhone cable is in there, so it's super easy to get to. 
Then in the middle, and, and it's it'd be harder to show this to you, but if you unzip it, there's a big pocket in here that big enough that I can get my keyboard. You know, I've got a Bluetooth keyboard that fits in there easy. And it's this this good size. So business cards, pens, those kinds of things go right in there. And there's tons of room for just all kinds of in fact, if I dig deep enough, you can pull out the average guy. Hey, it's right there. Boom. Look at that. Sitting, sitting in the backpack. So um, super handy and super convenient for those for those pockets. And then, of course, you know, the important thing, right? You buy a laptop bag for your laptop, right? That's why you have it. So not only does it zip and come apart, which I don't need to show. You can see that online. You can unzip yeah. it. It comes apart and you can just you can have one side, either side. But it's got that little sling on the bottom. So when you set your backpack or you set your laptop down in it, catches on the sling. Ooh, just kind of, and if you drop your bag, that sling also keeps your laptop from banging. That actually, on the current laptop that I have, that happened on my old backpack. I had happened to put the USB port that had the dongle. Oh, it had the mouse. Smashed it. Just, just destroyed it and broke the USB port. Yeah, my, uh, this is my work one. And I, this, okay, this little Ethernet, I think I've talked about this on the show that's how I cracked this. The bottom little adapter piece is all cracked because that sits on the bottom and then it goes every time it hits the ground. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, no. So really cool to have that kind of sling in there that kind of prevents the uh, prevents that from happening. And then for me, you, know, you, you admitted to me in pre-show, like you're, you're okay with your briefcase, sling it over your shoulder. You're ready to go. But when I'm traveling, man, I am so addicted to just the backpack, put it on, clip it and run or whatever, right? Walk, run. I've traveled all over Europe with it, all over the United States. I ride the Metro when I'm in DC. I just want it on my back. I want it secure. I want it there. Great, really awesome uh, vented back. Doesn't get too hot. Some cushions. Yeah, because they can. Oh, yeah. These are all all vented cushions, which is pretty cool. And then a little strap for your, and this is nothing new, but there's a little strap in here where you you could bring up your, you know, your, your roll luggage put that through the handle for the roll and and hold that's not new. that's a must for me on all bags has to have that yeah so no that's new for me my i I used to do that with my other backpack but it um it it was kind of jankety you know otherwise yeah you're bracing it on the thing and you're holding the handle and the jewel the two handles at once while you're pulling it around (laughs) there's always a workaround to it yeah so um, they contacted me. Uh, they actually the the uh, Targus Canada contacted me and um, and and just sent me a nice note. It was great to have that. They'd seen that we had been talking about it on the program with um, with Aaron last week, and so we had some dialogue. They're like, "You're gonna love it. Lifetime warranty." Um, so so far, I'm a weekend. You know, I always hate these reviews. It's like eh, I've used it for two days and it's great. You know. I, Mike, I can't find, I've used it all week and, you know, I still have some time to go and I have to see how it really fits underneath a, you know, fits underneath the seat and, you know, it's got to travel with me. I got to be, I got to carry it in a hot DC day when I'm, um, you know, I'm humping it across town and it's 97 degrees and, right. you know, just see how really cool it is. But so far, so good. It's been a pretty good well, if they're still listening and they, if they want to send me one to review, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up against the Toomey, uh, nice. you know, that style bag and when we'll see it. And I'll try and yeah. convert myself to a backpack style yeah. guy. Yeah. Like it seems like it'd be a great functional backpack, especially for anyone who, you know, uses it for work, travel. And you could probably use that just as a regular normal backpack too. Yeah. No, it worked, worked out really well. $78 on Amazon right now. So not terrible. I, not terrible, I, no. no. 80 bucks. I think I paid 65 or 70 for that Swiss bag 12 years ago. Right. And listen, nobody gets more out of their gear than me. I mean, I really, I keep things way too long and, uh, and I really, I'm having a hard time. It's my old backpack is sitting (laughs) still here. I'm having trouble putting it in the trash. You have the same problem I do. Yep. You're like, well, but maybe I'm like, I'm never going to use that thing. No, never. And it's like, well, maybe I could give it. No, it's dirty. No, you know, it's got back sweat. You know, you're like, no, got some ranch in there from that one time that packet spilled, you know, yeah, sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce. (laughs) Mine had Tabasco in it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I got to figure out, uh, I got to figure out a way to throw it away, but, but uh, so far so good. So 
check again, check it out. All the links to it are on 315. So if you want to go back at uh, HGG315 to, to get the links to it. Brian just said he has the Targus City gear. It survived eight years of trips to uh, to lead smelters. Ooh, that can't be, that can't be too good. Um, and he says I do wash it in the washer twice a year. So that's that's great. That's a great story. If you're washing it twice a year and it's made it eight years, because you know sometimes those materials can go bad. If you're you know the more you wash them, right? right. That, that's a washing those things is a super hard experience on them. I don't know if I would. Uh, Brian, this one's got, um, you know, it's got that kind of uh, faux, I don't, I don't know what I call this, this this finish right here, right? I don't know how I would be feel about putting that in the washer. Maybe it'd be fine. Dwayne, maybe you can email me and let me know. Is it okay to put these in the washer? This, you see what I'm saying? No, it's kind of like that faux leather. I, I wouldn't think so on that one. Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't, I, I also didn't mention it's got the little water bottle. Do you ever, you carry water with you when you... Yes. Travel, Mike. Is that a? Is, I, I never do. Oh, all the time. Yeah. A little water, yep. and then I didn't mention the pocket on the side too. It's got one of those. These and these are perfect for light. Like I, my, got to have a flashlight. You always have to have a Windows. <laughs> got to have a Windows Ten flashlight. You carry a flashlight, and I always carry water. You know, because I fall asleep before takeoff. I wake up at the awkward time of after the drink people have already come through, and your mouth is always dry. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have that bad habit. It happens way too often. You're like, oh, you wake up and you're like, damn, I messed uh, Yeah, yeah. You like, they literally are in like, they're like three rows behind you. And you're like, oh, there it goes, too late. Ah, oh, dang it. That's right. those travel things, right? Yeah, and, those travel things you figure uh, out. You're like, oh, I should stay awake, and you never do. So, right. um, anyways, really cool bag, and uh, and I appreciate the, all the feedback that uh, that you guys are going to send in. And um, what do you use? interested in, in knowing what you're using, what you like about it, what has been cool that, you know, this tip on the block on the power block that you, that's somebody, that was a tip from a long time ago. And I grabbed one and Mike, I cannot live without that thing. You know, yep. a couple of USB ports. Now hotels are getting better in some of those things, but it's uh, super good to have in your bag. Oh yeah. Those things you gotta have. Hey, you've been building out a little server in your yeah, place and you picked up a couple weeks back you picked up a new server let's talk a little bit about it what'd you get what have you been doing kind of just catch us up well you know it, i knew i was going to talk about this tonight so the one thing i haven't talked about on your show is you know i haven't you know i told, promised myself i wouldn't cry but no <laughs> your community is fantastic so i have a few times you know reached out whether it's the facebook group or something and asked a question about saying you know this community is super technical super helpful um, and so when I was talking about this server, you know, first of all, everyone was answering all the questions, Drashna, everyone was just helping me out with questions on questions on questions. And, but man, I, I just wanted to thank Brian a ton. He, so he heard I was doing this. I had a question about what drives to grab for it. And he sent me eight 600 gig 10 K drives and just boxed them up, sent them to me. And then he, he's like, Oh, I threw in two more 500 gig SATAs for you. And I mean, if you do the price on eBay, those are 75 bucks a pop. So, I mean, that's 500 over $500 worth of drives. And so I, you know, th this community, just the fact that he was like, Nope, I'm going to pack these up, send them to you. I have a bunch of servers that are decommissioned and I'm going to pop his email to you. So, so huge. Thank you to Brian and, and everyone who's helped out, you know, Michael Ray back a long time ago, donated one of his old computers that I turned into a PF sense box actually for someone. So it's it's uh it's been awesome. So first it of all, it's awesome. Everyone. Schoonover sent me some memory one time, and he sent oh, me. Oh, Schoonover's drives. done it too. Yep, he yeah. did it for me too. Yeah, uh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so just I, thank thanks especially to Brian and to Drashna and everyone who was helping me out. Uh, I, I'm forgetting all the names on the Facebook, but yeah, all you guys, you guys are all great. Yeah, I appreciate. It. By the way, Brian's our number one when we think about Patreon. Brian's our number one guy too. So Brian, you are super generous. He's super he's the most generous guy. And he's out here yeah. every Thursday. So yeah. we we really appreciate that. That is kind of awesome don't, to be a part. Don't of go too close to the smelters, Brian. We want to keep you around, you know, cuz <laughs> you're you awesome. Stay safe, my friend. Yeah, stay safe, my son. Yeah, dude. <laughs> One of these drives safe. might go bad and I might be <laughs> tweeting you again. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so so you got some gear. Yeah, so got some gear. So I went on eBay. I had been wanting a a server server, right? You know, I have the server rack, but no servers in it. I have old desktop computers that I use for server purposes. So I thought it was about time. So I really just hopped on eBay for about a month and put in lowball offers on bids that were a few days out, hoping that one might sneak through and go. And I'd kind of, you know, actually forgotten about this bid. This one was like, 
I think a week until the bid was ending, put it in a super low ball. So I put in a hundred dollars for a Dell R710. Um, so it's a, it's got two Intel E56. What are they? 5606. So they're 2.13 gigahertz. It's got two of them. It's got 24 gigs of RAM. It's pretty, I mean, it cosmetically looks fantastic. It's a box style. Is this a rack mounted? Yes, rack mount, 2U server, um, you know, one of the really long ones. So, and when you open it up, I mean, yeah, they did a great job spraying off the dust because it looks fantastic. It looks almost brand new, even though it's not. It's a few years old. So, um, so got that for $100 on eBay and it actually won. So they shipped it out. And, I, you know, I, when I saw that it won, I was like, okay, what's wrong with this thing? What did I miss in the description? You know, is there, is there really no RAM? Uh, what was wrong with it? But it came and it actually came two nights ago. And I had, oh man, I was like a kid on Christmas. Hannah was like Snapchatting me all night because I was just like, oh my gosh, I was waiting for the UPS guy by the door, went out and helped him carry it in because this thing is like 50 pounds and uh, brought it in and got it all set up. So it's been, it's been a learning experience for me because this is the first kind of server piece of hardware that I've ever used. And so my first question that I threw out to the Facebook group was, all right, guys, what operating system do I run on this? I'm thinking ESXi, but you know, I'm not tied to anything. And, and everyone kind of had their, their suggestions, right? There was some Windows 10, you know, Windows uh, server, run that, run ESXi, go Linux. And so I actually ended up sticking to my original plan and going with ESXi. So you know, people who maybe have not run this before, it's basically, there is, I mean, that is the operating system but nothing runs on ESXi itself. It is strictly a VM piece of software. So it allows you, it gives you a web portal to log into where you can set up and manage a bunch of VMs, which is perfect for me. So I got ESXi installed, uh, went and did a Windows 10 box, a Linux box, and PFSense. Got all three of those up and running. And it was interesting because I ran that for a day, but as I started to add in more and more of my features, it was just becoming more of a pain to run something like ESXi when I really, I don't need ESXi, right? Like I don't need all the features, the capability and the, the, all the advanced stuff that ESXi offers. I would have been just fine running Windows Server. So for example, the, the reason I got, I'm, I had to make the change was on the Windows 10 box, USB pass-through is extremely complicated when you're running ESXi and it really it does some funky stuff to the USB. So my Plex server, which I wanted to run on the Windows 10 box on this new server, I have the USB tuner, you know, the Hoppage USB tuner for Plex so I can watch live TV. And at first it started out where, oh, it saw it and I could click scan and it, hey, this is the Hoppage. You got the tuner, hit scan. And it would come up with no channels every single time. Uh, and then, so I was like, okay. So then I got the pass through to work. So I was like, Okay, let's do the pass through. It would scan, but when you went to go watch live TV, I mean, it was just a jarbled mess. It was just terrible. And I was at first, I was actually scared that it was the server. I'm like, okay, maybe running Plex on one of these servers doesn't work well for some reason. Um, but I decided, okay, well, we're going to start from scratch. So Hannah was mad because I already stayed up to like 3 a.m. the first night setting it up, and I'm like, you know, I got to scrap it. Sorry, tonight I got tonight switching over to Windows. So actually, last night I got Windows Server 2016 up and running on it. Got all the VMs set back up with hypervisor and it's, it's, it's great. It's actually way for me. It's a lot easier than ESXi because I didn't need all the features and you can just run everything natively on the windows server side of things. So Plex is just running on the windows server, the MCE buddy to convert all the shows, all that stuff is running there. And then I have the Ubuntu and a PFSense VM running for everything else. So it was kind of a two-day process of figuring out exactly how I wanted to configure things. I'm still mad at myself for how I did the RAID partition at the very beginning because these R710s have eight drives. Uh, you put it in, you obviously, it has a RAID controller on the back. The Perk 6i is the one this one has. It's a Dell RAID controller. And, you know, just being being dumb the way I configured it, I now have no swappable drives. Whereas if I would have configured things a little differently, I actually would have had three drives spares that I could throw in when things were gone bad. But because of, you know, the size, it has to be the exact same size. Um, I, I didn't do it right. So I might have another whole day of reconfiguring if I really wanted to get down to it. But it's a good learning experience. It's a great learning experience. And to be honest with you, that's almost more fun for me than any of the 
usefulness I'll actually get out of the server. The configuration, the spending all night, the trying to solve little problems that you can't figure out, for me, are the those are the fun things. So yeah, getting that new server up and running has been a total blast. And uh, especially thanks to everyone who's been helping helping out on the Facebook group with giving me advice on what to run. And then also for, you know, Brian for sending the drives, I wouldn't be able to run anything if he hadn't sent me the drives. No, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. You can do that. It, I think you're right though. Sometimes I spend all that time setting things up and then the low point is like, oh, it's done. Yeah, it, it's totally what, what it is. What do you do now? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, so I, so I keep the great part about the Windows 10 server, you know, you can RDP into it. I just keep remote RDP into it. I'm like, well, it's all done. I just look at the blank desktop, close it out. Like Windows update. Oh, maybe I'll check it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I do. I log in, click updates. I'm like, hmm. Check the resource monitor. How are things yeah. going? Renny, Renny, are you running a domain no. or, or are you just you running it? I, I imagine okay. you're not, right? I am not. That is the thing I kind of want to look into next because it's something that I also have never dealt with. So it'd be kind of fun to get one set up just for fun. Um, but... You know. You're you're like two years too late for the home server show, Mike. You would have been so you would have been perfectly like it's this is all the stuff we talked about on home server. Right. Show. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, maybe four years too late. About two years into <laughs> it, we stopped, you know, it, it got boring. So we stopped talking about it. But but yeah, this would you would have been it's funny you're you're doing this now and uh it, it and it's interesting to kind of watch you go through this, you know. You just talked about pretty two complex setups. I've done both ESXi and Windows Server. I've done Windows Server a bunch. That setup's actually pretty easy. That's oh, yeah. It's like Windows 10. It's almost yeah. the exact same now. ESXi was not that experienced. And we've had Paul Brerin on a lot. Paul talks about ESXi. He's got a ton of experience. By the way, probably if you're going to do something along those lines, you would want to follow Paul for sure. Paul Brerin, uh, Tinker Try. And, um, but, uh, Mike, you did in a weekend, you did a lot. You got a lot done. That's pretty complex. So it's a lot of fun. Nice job. Yeah. Nice well, job. And, and part of it for me, I cheat a little bit because the entire week it takes to ship that server. All I watch on YouTube is Dell R710, ESXi. I'm just watching is like all these videos trying to just absorb it all so that by the time I get it, I can kind of hit the ground running. But ESXi was actually a really nice experience and I can totally see if you're not trying to do things with any USB devices or anything like that, uh, being able to log in from any web browser and just pretty much configure everything. You can run a console window, which opens up everything. It's, it's really nice and really convenient. Um, but when you have Hyper-V on the, on the Windows server side, it does everything a little bit easier actually. So one piece of advice for those people out there, I think I might have talked about this already because I ran to the issue before. I So I knew going in because I've already done this. When you run PFSense in a Hyper-V, um, the NIC, the MAC address that the VM sees is not the MAC address of the actual NIC, which is fine, except for when your cable modem, it bonds to the MAC address. And so if the VM, which is PFSense, has a different MAC address, it's not going to pass along that IP address that you need for your WAN. So you actually have to go in there and type in the exact same. You have to you know, set a static MAC address to be the same as it would be for the actual NIC card. So one little thing that'll drive you nuts for hours and you'll sit banging your head against a wall until you realize that's all you need to do is do a static MAC address and make it the same. I'm so proud of you. You didn't say Apple once in that whole thing. You know what? I, well, so so you know what happened this weekend too. When the server came in, I was actually I had to I had to take two of the server shelves from the bottom. I had them just all lined up on the bottom. I had to bring one up to where the server was going to go into, and I was like, oh, so I had to pull the thing out, and I was like, you know what? That iMac's got to go in the box. It's been sitting on this table. It's been, it you know, it's just not reliable. I wish I hadn't opened that screen up to put in the hard drive because without void in the warranty, because right. um, a fantastically it's, it's a fantastic machine and it's only four years old at this point. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's no longer. Brian's offering to help you get, uh, OSX running on, uh, on, uh, yeah. Yes. XI, by the way, if you want to go back to that. So is it I OS see- 10 or OS? It's OS 10, right? It's OS 10. Yep. Okay. But I don't know. I'm wondering if I would, but that is interesting. Brian, if I could have fixed the USB pass-through issue, I, I would have stayed with the SXI. I was actually very happy with it. Um, but I needed my Plex server to run on it, and I needed the live TV feature. And even though I got the pass-through to work, it was just so jarbly. Um, so 
I, now I like uh, you on Windows Server. Yeah, that's that's what nice. I like. So I there's like a lot it. of things too. When it pops up, it's actually 16 pops up the server manager, and if you haven't run it before, like I have not, very nice experience. Yeah, pops up. Everything is there now. You have all your main alerts. You have it walks you through. Hey, now we're gonna set up all of the features that you want to do. You want hypervisor. You want this. Very probably to what I thought in my head was this would probably be super annoying to someone who knows what they're doing. But to someone like me, who it's their first time, super helpful. But to someone who's who knows, it's just probably a bunch of clicking through, trying to get through these menus that it kind of prompts you for right at the beginning. Yeah, people, um, those guys know how to get past that stuff. And many of them just run a headless version of it. So it, you know. Right. Yeah, and th- so I did do, I did the desktop experience yeah. version, yeah. which makes it a little bit easier when yeah. you're installing that stuff. Right on. No, that's a great story. So, mm-hmm. I, and uh, you just... You continue to amaze me of how quickly, I mean, some of that stuff, when I was learning how to do it, it took me whole weekends. And you're like, yeah, one night I just set up ESXi. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously? Nicely done. So good work. Um, so got Plex up and running. Got Plex uh, up and running. We got an update to Plex that I, I was going to do in pre-show and I forgot. Yeah. Which will allow us now to do, I think, pause and some of those other it features works on my TV on the iPhone. I've tried it. it. Tried yeah. it out. So, so what's available to us on the iPhone? So uh, if you are running the latest Plex Pass version uh, of Plex Server, and then you update your iOS device, devices, which this is still one of those things where iOS devices and the Amazon TV are the only two devices that can do the live TV features. But uh, the big update now is that you can pause and rewind live TV. So essentially that's... Uh, your your Plex server is going to be caching that. And so as long as you stay on the same channel, stay on the same program, just like it would be usually with your cable box if you have one of those, if you stay on the same channel, you can rewind back to the point that you started watching the channel on. So pretty convenient. I tried it out. Works really well. The play, the pause. Uh, I you So the way it actually changes the buttons you have. So when you are viewing live TV on iOS now, there is a rewind 10 seconds play pause, and then fast forward 30 seconds. So and I kind of like the change there. So it's not 10 and 10, it's 10 to rewind because you want to go back in smaller increments. But when you're trying to catch back up, 30 second increments is actually a little bit easier to use. Also, 30 seconds is a great time for fast forward for commercials. So if you pause, you have a commercial, the 30 second, you tap it once, you're usually getting through a single commercial or halfway through one of the extended commercials, which is kind of nice. I actually prefer 25 seconds. Because it gets you a okay. full 30 and it's exactly 30 and you've gone a few seconds into the commercial. It'll take you in and what we always end up doing is it takes it, the last commercial takes you into a little bit of the show. Then oh, you end up going right. back 10 seconds. You could, yeah, you're, if you wait at all and you're into the commercial, then you're going to be extended, right? Yeah. In, in some cases, I don't know if you can do this on Plex, you can, adapt, you can adjust that forward and backward setting to be anything you want. So my, my preference is 25 seconds and then a 10 second back. Yeah, that's just what I like. It's different. Um, so, so we'll see, right? Like, because this is one of those features that you mentioned. Hey, this has got to be one of the features before I can switch the household over to using Plex for everything. Obviously, we're still waiting for them to bring it to the browser to Android. Uh, you know, Amazon Stick, which is it's Amazon TV. You can run this latest version, do live TV, not on the Amazon Fire Stick. I'm not sure about the Amazon Fire TV, but the Fire Stick you can't do it on. So I'm sure they're focusing Xbox. on a few of the versions that they think they can get right first and get those out and get great usage. I think going with the iPhone was a smart decision. I it is odd that the browser doesn't do it. Like, you know, you're like, mm, you that's know. where I find myself wanting to watch it the most. I'm sitting yeah. at this desk. I want to pop up the TV on the right side. Totally. And, and that's where totally. I want to watch it. I yeah. don't. I, I rarely actually ever want to watch live TV on my iOS device. I haven't found a time where I want to do that yet. But that is also because I have my TV that I just turn on and super dude. It's super handy though on the road. I mean, I watched it at church the other day. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> at the store yesterday. I was not. I was at church. I was out in the. I was out in the hallway. I was not in the church itself. But I had been doing. Uh, I when when I work at church, I do three services, and so. You're not going to sit through all three. So it's popped good, out. Good, so good recovery. Was, good recovery. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can't lie about that stuff. You no. go to hell if you lie about that stuff. So. I think you go to hell for watching TV at church too. So <laughs> I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. 
dang it, that religious stuff. Uh, um, and it works. That part worked great. I, I am now that I'm getting more, more and more Plex functionality. Um, I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna use it on the on the road a lot more. It makes Mike. It makes a lot more sense when we think about. Now we use Chromecast here, but you've talked about Fire Stick before, and the Fire Stick does not require the Wi-Fi setup that the Chromecast requires, right? I can right. you go because that's what you use, right? You go into a hotel room, plug it into the TV, and you direct you do direct connect to it. Is that how it works? It it pops up with the Wi-Fi selection, and it, and it brings up the browser window for those hotel logins. So the Fire Stick takes care of everything. You don't need, um, and you can even do the hotel Wi-Fi. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's a Wi-Fi connection, but it it the Fire Stick is better about doing it than right. the Chromecast. You is. don't need your phone at all. It's got its own remote. It's just a stick and a remote. Okay. Yeah. So, but but we've got a couple Chromecasts here, and and I said this on the show before. I can't wait uh, till it's Android because we'll we'll ditch. You know, she can schedule watch started on her phone. Then right. just stream that thing right to, and and then we'll put a Chromecast on the PC in the kitchen. And and that will become so she'll take her television with her wherever she goes. It no longer becomes the function of a box, so to speak. It becomes a function of her phone. Right. And Dude, I, Windows Windows Media is gone at that point. As soon as I can do that, Windows Media Center is gone. Oh yeah. I, I figured out though, I would need if this becomes truly the live TV that we watch all the time and and I ditch my cable after I'm out of my contract, I need one more tuner in the house. Well, uh, one more box tuner that has two tuners in it, right? Two is not enough because sometimes both of those are taken up from things being recorded at the same time. So you have no tuners left for live TV. So I think four would be the sweet spot. Uh, if you have kids in the house, maybe more, but yeah, I need, I need more than two. Yeah. And I've got Silicon dust, the two tuners. I have right. the newest connect. And then I have an older one. Um, those are 90 bucks, I think. And well, so I have, you have four total. I have four total now. I had six. I took the old, I had an original white covered silicon dust network tuner. Uh, it physically had two, I mean, it was a two tuner, but it had, you had to plug two oh, um, antennas into it. Antennas into it. Yeah. Or not. You'd split it, right? That's the way you do it. But the newer ones, you know, one input and then it's got two tuners on the inside. Right. The, I would, I'm, once we make the switch, I'm going to buy another tuner because I, I need six. I think for us, we use it so much. I think six tuners is the right number to have. And, yeah. But then it comes down to, you know, your computer transcoding that many live streams at, at once. No, that's true. That's true. But I think Flex is pretty good at that. And, and so I don't, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't anticipate, I guess I'll have to try it. I mean, four has been fine. We haven't really tested it where we've done all four all at the same time. Um, I think it can, it's a core I three. I think it'd, it'd do fine, but uh, who knows? Right. Who knows? Yeah. So I think, I mean, they are making, I'm, I'm downloading the newest update right now. 1.7.5.4035. Um, must be a big download cause it's taken a while to find its way down. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. I know they're just testing it, man, they are moving fast at Plex. I, Yes. And it seems like they get it right every time. I mean, I have not seen, they just incrementally have been, boom, getting it right and getting it right and getting it right. And so pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. So um, Mark says Plex states one uh, 1K pass mark score per stream. I don't know what that means. So if you look up pass mark on your, you can Google your exact CPU and it'll give you a pass mark score. And it'll be in the thousands. Uh, a lot of times you'll hit 8,000. I was actually surprised these, I mean, well, I'm not surprised. These Xeons that I have um, are pretty low, but there's two of them, right? So it makes up for having a pretty low pass mark score. Uh, Brian says he transcodes 72 cameras, 24 by 7 on a Dell R730. So what kind of CPUs I, do you have in that, Brian? Yeah, that'd be good to know. I don't know. And so I'm guessing those are security cameras. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Ken had asked you, uh, how much did the server 2016 run you? And you had said you're running the 128 yeah. eval right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you run the 180-day eval, but you can renew it, I think, up to three or four times. So you can have a whole year uh, of free use, which is good. I think a year really gets you through. 180 days is probably fine for me. But a year gets you through, okay, do I really want this to be you know, what I use for a while? Because you think you'd ever buy it? It's expensive. $240, right? 
Uh, no, I think it's more like 500 bucks. No, really? No, let's look it up. We should look it up. I think I thought I saw you could grab 2016 for like 240. Windows Server oh, Dual 16 core. Wow. 16 uh, 16 pricing. Oh. I thought it was more uh, in the $500 range. We used to really bitch about it on um so it, it does say the essentials box. So a small business up to 25 users and 50 devices is 501. So, so Windows know. Server 2016 standard, you can get from Ooh. simply software or whatever for 249. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd watch where you buy it from. That's true. This one does not look very. I was just going off of Google with the very yeah. top ones, you know. Yeah, I think the cheapest version is essential. Is essential. So let's just say everything being legit for a second here, the cheapest version is going to be essentials. This is what we all ran, or a lot of us ran. I have an MSDN subscription, so I run it in a test mode. Uh, I think that's the cheapest at five hundred bucks. So see, that's really expensive. Price, it's super expensive. Yeah. That's the that's the trade off, you know. You got to start thinking. Well, you got a year to you got a year to kind of bang so, it around. And that's the one thing I need to research more. What would be? Could you run standard Windows ten on this R seven ten? Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess what are you giving Why up? You? Why wouldn't you? And what are what are you giving up with server that I I don't think I need anything that. No, you don't need to. Well, does. you'll get you still get with Windows ten Pro. You get hyper. You get hyper. Right. You get hyper V, which is what I would need. So you can still run your PF Sense box in that. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't see guys. Do you see in the chat room? Do you see? I. I think you should. Uh, now I mess around with Windows Server, right? I don't think there's anything in Server you need. I don't think so either. So maybe at that point I switch back over to Windows 10. Yeah. If you're going to go server, I think you go server essentials. That's the way you would go to make this work. If you were going to stay in the server environment. Right. I run 2016 standard only because I have an MSDN subscription I'm, and I'm not really using it, right? I use it as a test. I'm tearing it up and bringing it down and bringing it up all the time. And we, you know, I don't really use it uh, from that standpoint. But um, yeah, I think you're about 500 bucks. Brian said for Mike, no. I'm wondering if he means it won't work for me. And, and Ken's too. Ken's right too. There is the free hypervisor version where you yeah. just basically have Hyper-V and that's all you have. Um, but at that point, I'm going to need Windows to run Plex because my tuner is a Windows only. It's not a network one. So I couldn't run like Linux and have Plex because it needs Windows. So I would still need to be putting at least Windows 10 on it. Now, I mean, I know this is all hush or whatever, but you know, I'm still running that Windows 10 Pro on that Dell machine and it is not giving me fits about not being activated. I'm going to try it out for a few more months and see, but... Yeah, New Egg's got it for three ninety nine, but even four hundred bucks is pretty that's a expensive. lot. Oh, that's that. No, I, I would not spend four hundred bucks yeah. on it. Yeah, you can get Windows Server twenty sixteen essentials, uh, two CPU. I'm not sure. I think what uh, what um, you you would want to see if Windows ten Pro supports dual CPUs. CPUs, right? Yeah, I don't know if it does or not. You might. That's what he might be saying no to. I'd have to. I'd have to do a little research on that. And he said, "Oh, ten should work for Mike." So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark says he paid fifty bucks for his Windows Home Server twenty eleven. I got some twenty eleven server uh, licenses, Mike, that I could give you. You could. Well, twenty twelve R two, right? That I think yeah. we ran just fine. Yeah, but it'd be hard to find legit licenses of that now. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you want to be legit. Yeah. Which I do. Actually, I recommend at this point for you, Windows 10 Pro, get the best of everything. Then if you want to raid that, just just drop, plunk down the 30 or 40 bucks for, for the um, stable bit drive pool and drive pool those drives. Well, I've, I've got the raid control already in there. Oh, yeah. I guess you could do it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're fine. It, it's yeah, got the, the BIOS raid. You know, it's yeah, only, you're fine. You just run the raid through there. Mm-hmm. So, but Although, the, only, like, the only problem there is it's it's eight two and a half inch drives. So I mean, really like all the Western digital reds are, you know, the three inch drives. This is the two and a half. So it's yeah. the you know, small size. The They're super more fast. expensive, super fast. They're 10 K drives, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. So I running, it's so funny. Everything online was 
don't run RAID 5. RAID 5 is worse. I'm like, for a home environment, RAID 5 is still fine. I don't know why everyone's telling like home people to RAID 5. I'm like, you guys are, okay, you don't need RAID 6 in a home one server, eight bay unit, especially when probably you're splitting it up, you know? So I split mine up into two drives in RAID 1 for the OS um, and then six drives that are in RAID 5 for other storage. So the OS runs on, you know, a RAID 1, two, two drive, area and then all either storage for all the files and everything like that are it's in the other array so it looks like yes on pro with two cpus so you'd be fine there i'm still i'm still i i don't i have not liked hardware raid it just in all the years i've been doing this oh see and i hate software raid well there you go well stick with right. it if you're if you're fine i would rather go and maybe it's because i grew up in the windows home ser- server era where we could control that storage on the desktop. And I just prefer it that way. I don't, I don't know. And I've really liked stable bits drive pool. It has been a great, that's what I run for my Plex box. And, you know, I could rate it too, but it's just, I, it makes more sense to me on the desktop. It's just a preference. That's all. Yeah. So, just a preference. If yeah. you like oh, it yeah. on the hardware side, that's great. You know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Do you, you make the decision. It's your equipment, Mike, you make the decision. Gosh, Brian says the new Dell R seven forties has a four hundred and ninety terabyte in SSD still in a two U unit. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. That's so, good. Well, so you got that option there if you want to go. That would be a lot cheaper to go with Pro and uh and go that route. And you could still get, I think you could pretty much still get save that PF Sense image off. Right. Set up 10, bring that into Hyper-V. Oh, it's super quick. PF Sense with that, when you just back up your config file, super quick to get that stuff back up and running. And the config file is super easy, even for a non-coder to open up and edit and change some of the stuff. So so other Jim said, uh, we got served, has a write-up on using Windows 10 as a server. Okay, oh, so yeah. long story short, did it work with well for another Jim or did it, did it not work? Well? No, it'd be. I think it'd be fine, Mike, for I what you're doing. I think it would be doing. fine too. Yeah. As long as it supports two CPUs, we'll have to see. That's the one thing that we haven't come to a consensus if it does or does not. What um, so. Dennis got in late. He said, what drives are you using for the for the two and a half inch drives? What are they? Uh, they're the Dell drives. They're 10K drives and they're 600 gig a piece. So this was the thing. Brian sent me eight of those. So I have eight 600 gigs, right? Which fills up the entire server. So I put all of his in there. I had, before he had offered that, I had purchased three 300 gig 10k drives off ebay they came so what i should have done is my os array does not need 600 gigs it could have been fine on 300 so i should have done the 300 in there i would have had a spare 300 six of them six of the ones brian sent me and the other had two spares there so if i would have set things up correctly i would have some spares but right now now i have three left over the drives i had purchased which are 300 which are not going to be useful in replacing any of those because it needs to be the same size they're all two and a half inch drives Two and a half inch drives, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just just save them for another time, for another thing, another problem. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Aside. For sure saving them. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are Toshiba drives, Brian says, that he sent you. Yep. So they're labeled Dell, but Toshiba. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. nice drives. No, they're, they're very nice drives. drives. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> when I looked up how much that would have cost to buy, I'm like, whew, man. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I need to ship Brian some Godfathers, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or we just need to do a meetup up we here. Oh, meet up. Have Brian yeah. come. He'd come up. He's already said before he'll come up for a meetup. So, Dave, speaking of meetups, Dave McCabe's doing the final home server show meetup. So if you haven't uh, checked in on that, you might want to listen to Reset, um, he, his new podcast. It's not really new anymore. I think he's on 13 or 14 by now. But uh, one more home server show meetup going on, and this is the best meetup ever and the last meetup ever. I don't know if we have an official date yet. I've I've already decommitted, but once an official date comes out, I may commit again. I, it's hard to miss the last meetup since I've been to all of them, you know? So right. we'll see how that goes. So if you haven't signed up for the home server show meetup, uh, head over to home server show. I think that'll get you there. Dave's doing some, Dave is doing a whole bunch of changes, and I've had a hard time keeping up. Um, serversshow.com. I think that still gets you there. In the forums, there is a meetup link and uh, lots of great stuff going on there. You might want to get involved in that as well. If you want to join us out there, we may do one in Omaha someday. I don't know. They're a lot of work. I don't yeah. They're a ton of work. Yeah. So, hey, real quick before we go, we want to thank those I mentioned earlier. We thank those Patreon subscribers. And so we think uh, we mentioned Brian. So, Brian, super generous guy. He gets. The generosity award of the month from uh, from from the uh, Home Gadget Geeks 
So Brian, nice he might job. even get it for the year. I, I'd give him the yearly award. Okay. Yeah, it'd, <laughs> okay. it'd be it'd be tough to catch up to him. Right. To be yeah. With you. So, so Brian, thanks for all that you do. Paul Brarin, MB Gilbertson, Kevin Schoonover, clarify your purpose uh, as as donating as well. Justin Simmons, Simmons with the D on the end. I'm not sure I can pronounce that. John John Biggs, who was on recently. Dennis out there as well. Nathaniel. Gavin, Emily, from, Emily Prokop from Story Behind, Mark Robson, we mentioned before. Uh, Nathan, I should say Nathaniel Lindley. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Gavin Campbell. I didn't. I don't know why I stopped using last names. Dennis Pillow as well. Uh, Eric Janowski, Peter Dennerit, Jim Sco- uh, Jim St- uh, Shoemaker, Dwayne Johnson, Malcolm Lacey, Mike Weger. Who's that guy? I don't know. Jumping in, nice job. You know, it's funny. You're like you're on the podcast and you support. I do the same thing with Ask the Podcast Coach, right? I support that. It's just they're like, why you're on there every week? I don't know. I just feel like it's something I should do. And then uh, Steve Sleeper over at the uh, North Omaha Podcast. So thanks uh, for you guys supporting us. We appreciate it. It's always awesome to have. And many of you, Dennis, you're out there. Brian's out there as well. Uh, seeing Mark, Emily, other Jim, uh, Ken. Thanks for supporting us, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, it's fun to come out every week and and have Mike. You mentioned how great the community is. We have the best community in the world, hands down. Yeah, and when I say we, I really mean, you know, we kind of have a combined listener force when we think of uh, Windows Observer, the listeners of Windows Observer, right? Rich Hay and that group. When we think of Reset, Dave McCabe, what he's doing over at Reset, all, kind of our all our old. old Surface geeks and home server show folks that that um, kind of came over. I think the digital media zone guys uh, over there with with the home on and entertainment 2.0 with Josh and, and Richard. Um, I think we share a lot of the same audience with them um, as well. And I'm sure there are others that did it that uh, that do it as well. We I, I consider that whole community in that. By the way, I've started listening to Entertainment 2.0 again, and man, I am super addicted to it as well as home on. So if you're in that space. Richard Gunther just does an amazing job. He is just a pro in everything that he does. And uh, Josh does a great job with him over there at uh, Entertainment 2.0. And they've been talking a lot about Plex as well. So if you are in the Plex space, and I'm sure with all the things that are changes that are going on with Plex, um, I'm sure they will be talking about a ton. And those two guys are just great. So if you haven't subscribed to those podcasts, you might want to do that as well. If you find others that you found interesting, shoot me a note, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Let me know. I can't listen to them all, but I will listen to as many of them as I can. It's just fun to have a great community, and we appreciate that. Mike, anything else as we think we, um, we're we just over the hour, so we're, we're doing okay. But any other tech stuff you've been working on or anything coming up that you're looking for? You got anything on order at Amazon? <laughs> do I? I always do, but it's nothing exciting. It's it's the boxes of uh, tissue that I showed you last Toilet two paper. weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, no, the server has been taking up all of my time. I well, actually, the one thing on order is a uh, iDRAC six controller for the server, but that's not fun or exciting at all. So, mm, yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of high tech, Dennis got a high tech knee. He just got a brand new hey. titanium knee that he's been getting over. I've been that's following an expensive him. Expensive piece of tech. <laughs> serious, serious, and a long recovery. He's okay. been watching him kind of recover from that. He's got a nasty scar. So, Dennis, thanks for uh, for keeping us up to date on your progress. Good to have you. Uh, get to kind of follow you on Facebook and see that I have, uh, I'm hoping I never have to deal with bad knees. I run a lot and that's, you know, you never yeah. know. I've been running less than my, I would, I would take you out of commission if you did. You oh know. yeah, no, I, I would not. I'm hoping I got good genes. So, and, and, uh, so I'm hoping I never have to go through that, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, Brian says he's a cyborg now. So he's a little bit, uh, I'm hoping by the time it happens to me, it would be a bionic part. You know, you would think today they're just kind of dumb. They're dumb knee replacements. I want mine to be bionic and I want it to make that noise, you know, no, 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 no. You were like from the Cox commercial, right? Where he stands up and it like lifts him up and he can like dance and stuff with his. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Doesn't he have Bluetooth? It has speakers in it, you know, yeah. so you can, you got music coming out your knees. Why don't we have those like bone, whatever, something speakers? Have you seen those sunglasses now that they just vibrate against your skull and you can hear the music without a speaker? That should yeah. be in your knees, right? Oh, you yeah. feel the bass in your knees. The knees is the bass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Be, yeah. Uh, Dennis says his came from 45 years of climbing as an electrician all the way back to 1969 in the Air Force. 
Yeah, Dennis, you're a little older than me if you were in the Air Force in 1969. But um, it's, uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, you did it. It's done. And it's amazing what they can do. That's another one of those things that used to be a big deal. Now they do so many of them that uh, that it's good. So, all right, we uh, we are live. Don't forget, we're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theHRTGuy.tv live. If you want to support us through the Patreon link, we mentioned all those guys that do, and gals, sorry, Emily, all those guys and gals that uh, support us. Uh, we appreciate you doing that through Patreon. Great great way to do it. And, and of course, that, that kind of covers the infrastructure here. We did, hey, we just did a Cyber Frontiers. So if you haven't uh, caught up with Cyber Frontiers, I haven't published it yet. So it's coming out this weekend with this show. But uh, if, you have, if you've moved away from Cyber Frontiers and you liked it, we are back. And uh, Christian and I uh, did a Tuesday night live Cyber Frontiers. We're going to work for every two weeks now. So we'll see how it goes. He's a busy guy and so am I. But we're going to shoot for every two weeks. So jump back in. Good time to resubscribe. If you, if you unsubscribe, that's totally okay. No judgment there. It's okay. We It's been since February <laughs> and that's okay. But come on back. We'd love to have you join us. The last one's actually a really good one. We talked about all this ransomware attack stuff that's going on, Mike, which is just insane when we think about it. I mean, it really made me rethink all my antivirus stuff. You right. Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Christian gets in there and and, uh, and and really talks about it and some, some strategies and just, you know, Christian. So, uh, by the way, uh, Maple Grove Partners kicking it as usual. And so if you are, um, you know, Christian's got a great thing going on there. If you think it's, um, if you think you're getting a GoDaddy thing, it's really not that. This is really kind of homegrown, um, you know, kind of personal support from Christian. So if you're thinking about, if you like hosting, and a, a bunch of the listeners are on it. You guys have been responding. He's got a bunch of customers on there. But this is definitely a very private thing. And Christian wants to keep it kind of to our community. And he has got some rock solid. Just go to theaverageguy.tv and see how fast that is. It's amazingly. He just upgraded his Fios in and out. So he's getting three times what he had before, which is just super awesome. So if you really want to get private a private server, that's really what this is when you're hanging out with Christian. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Plans as inexpensive as $10. And a great way to to get both media and if you're going to do podcasting, media and web is all included in that. You don't one plan does it all. It's great stuff. We had a customer who couldn't believe it was as good of a deal as it was, and it is. And so head out there, MapleGrovePartners.com, and appreciate you guys supporting Christian and all the stuff that he's doing out there, and uh, and supporting that um, as well. Don't forget, you can download the app HomeGadgetGeeks.com, and we thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that app. And uh, like I mentioned before, LastPass has some cool, they're coming on here in a couple of weeks and they've got a cool update coming that they're going to share with us. And so we're pretty excited about that. And uh, they are good friends of the show. So we appreciate that um, as well. Ken had asked me on Tuesdays. Yeah, Ken, that's the goal. Tuesday nights. I know that's, we're going to conflict with Entertainment 2.0. That's, mm, sorry, guys, I can't. They were on, <laughs> I had them queued up the other day and they were coming on just as we were starting. And I was like, oh, yikes. Um, we had been doing Monday nights, and maybe we'll go back to Monday nights. For now, it's Tuesday, so that seems to be a good day. That works, but maybe Mondays are better now that I think about it. So nobody get locked into that. We'll figure that out as we move along. I'd like to get us a few weeks of regular uh, recording before we go too far. We'll be back next Thursday. Don't forget, we got a couple great shows coming up for you over the next couple weeks, and so we're back live next Tuesday. Uh, Brian Freelander is here. He's going to have that uh, Echo Show. Amber's back the next week with LastPass, and Mike and Mark are here on the 20th for Grill. Grilling, and then our friends at Moro Data are back. Tony Chang will come on, and after that's John Larson. So we're all loaded up and ready to go. I think, Emily, I think we even got you scheduled. I think I have story. I have a story behind. Maybe I just put that in as a placeholder. So, Emily, maybe you and I can chat a little bit. I want to get you and I back together for another uh, a combo show. So it'd be good to have Emily back on as well. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Mike, thanks for coming out tonight. Good to have you on. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.